Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright podcast for this Monday, August 23rd. Uh, my name is Ian Saunders, and joining us here as well is Will Gibson. And Will, we're coming into a fair amount of movement across some of the major domestic equity indices over the course of the past week. Um, a lot of the conversation, and actually in the podcast we were talking about last week, hadn't seen all that much going on, just kind of consistent all-time highs from a lot of indices. And then we entered, entered last week and did see a little bit more movement, not all that extreme movement, but definitely definitely a little bit more movement than we had at least in the latter part of the summer. In looking specifically at the S&P 500 index, we saw um, a string of, of all-time closing highs from the S&P 500 heading into last week, and that led us to a, an all-time chart high of 44.80 on the default point-and-figure chart there for the S&P 500 on the platform. Um, and then we got a couple, two consecutive daily losses there last week um, that ultimately led to a sell signal on the default chart, falling down to a chart level of 43.70 and taking out some of the very near-term support levels um, that we had in late July and early August. But again, looking at that default 10-point chart, so um, we enter back into this week, coming back in a few positive days towards the end of last week, and all of a sudden coming back in this Monday afternoon, and uh, the, the market rallied back there on the default chart for the S&P to match the all-time high of 44.80. Um, at least at the time of this recording, we got about 12 cents away from a new all-time chart high at 44.90. Didn't quite get there yet. We'll see where things get by the time the market closes this Monday afternoon, um, but, but definitely a little bit more uptick in, in movement over the course of the past week. And a lot of the conversations that, that we've been having with clients, having with advisors, and seeing a lot on the news is I mean, how, how long can we continue to, to either be at or near the, these new, new all-time highs? Um, and what are some of the names kind of participating in this movement? What names aren't participating in this movement is, is from what we're looking at, a really important thing to understand when you're looking at consecutive strengths of highs like this. Um, so in looking at some of the major ind indicators that we have on the platform, obviously in looking at things from a relative strength perspective, um, specifically with the Dolly tool, we've actually continued to see domestic equities show an improvement from a relative strength perspective over the course of the past week or so. Still sits firmly there in that number one position, but there's been a lot of shifting underneath the hood, um, both from a sector perspective as well as from a size perspective. And that, that's going to be more indicative of some of the recent movement we've seen on, on some of the indicators. When um, looking at some of the participation indicators that we have, so we, we understand the market's continuing to, to hit these highs, but what stocks are participating in this upwards movement, right? Um, an important way to kind of break that down is to look at things in different time horizons. So a variety of indicators that we can look towards to understand participation, but looking at things from a longer term, an intermediate term, and then a near term time horizon is, is a very helpful way to understand how the market's moving underneath the hood of just the broader tickers that you see. Um, so one of those indicators that we have is the percentage of positive trends. So the percentage of of positive trends for the NYSE, the PT NYSE indicator that we have on the platform, simply measures the percentage of stocks in the New York Stock Exchange that are currently trading above their bullish support lines or in an overall positive trend. Um, we saw that indicator reach multi-year highs back in February of this year, getting all the way back to uh, up to a chart level of 78%, um, highest level we had been at actually since 2011. Um, so very kind of high field position for that indicator, at least historically. We don't tend to see that indicator move around all that much, usually only a few column changes a year, got quite a bit more in 2020 than we typically do, given the uptick in volatility that we saw earlier in the year. Um, but we entered a kind of a period of stagnation there from the broader market 
positive trend perspective, remaining at that 78% level. Um, actually, until July, the indicator did move lower and has ticked a bit lower over the course of the past few weeks to get us down to a current chart level of 66%. So what is that kind of telling us? We're seeing this mar the market continue to hit these all-time highs over the course of the past several weeks, but not quite as many stocks are in the um, in overall positive trends as we saw earlier in the market rally. Um, but important thing to keep in mind again is we're coming, we had not seen such elevated territory for the BTNYC in several years. Uh, we don't tend to see it remain in that elevated territory for a prolonged period of time. Um, so the 66% level is it's still relatively high field position from for that particular indicator. Um, and in looking at some of the movement underneath the hood between specifically the large cap space and the small cap space helps reveal a little bit of that story further. Um, looking first towards a more uh, small cap focus indicator, so the percent positive trend for the S&P 600 small cap index, um, we can see that that particular, that the pictures of, of that chart looks looks kind of similar. We saw some sideways movement towards the latter part of the summer, towards the end of last year, a big uptick in participation as we moved into the new year. As we saw small caps um, outperform largely most of the, the, the large cap space there heading through or into the beginning of this year, um, leading the positive trend for the small cap space, the S&P 600, they're up to a chart position of 88%. Um, the past few weeks, similar picture to what we've seen in the broader market space. We saw that indicator move lower actually in May and then ultimately fall to a current chart position of 66%, the same as the PT and YSE. Not all that surprising to see these two indicators show more similar movement because um, the broader list of names that we're looking at for the New York Stock Exchange includes a lot of small cap names. Um, however, if we flip the script a little bit and look towards some of the more the large cap focused names, we've again shown that decline in participation from a longer term perspective, reached an all time high there for the, the PTSBX positive trend for the S&P 500 indicator up at 92% in April. Um, and we protracted from that in June, July, and now August down to a chart level of 80 so not quite as high as we were in April, up at 92%, um, but we're still in a very high field position for the, the PTSPX. A lot of those large cap names saw some deterioration there at the beginning of the summer with the kind of movement out of technology. We've since seen technology rally back, and uh, we have not seen that particular longer term focused indicator deteriorate quite as much as it has for some of the more small cap focused lists there. Um, and, and we've seen a little bit of a similar picture in looking at some of the intermediate term indicators, Will. Yeah, we have Ian, and three that I want to mention are bullish percent focused, So, which measures the percentage of stocks within a universe on point for your buy signals. It's a way to gauge market participation. So beginning with your bullish percent, similar picture as Ian was getting to, since we posted a 78% reading in January of 21, we have since had a steady decline in the BPNYC since then, posting lower tops telling us that fewer stocks were hitting point-figure buy signals when the market was reaching all-time highs throughout this time frame. Speaking to that lag in some of the small cap, as Ian said, indicating that the large caps are doing a lot of the weight-bearing there. Similar picture for the bullish percent for the S&P small cap 600, like the bullish percent for the New York Stock Exchange, which, which tilts smaller size, I would like to iterate. The small cap 600 itself has posted a very similar picture, lower tops on its bullish percent chart, telling us that fewer names are trading on point and figure buy signals. 
since the beginning of the year. That chart currently sits at about 48%. This is the S&P 600 BP chart, about 48%. So roughly half or just under half of stocks within this universe are on point and figure buy signals. And as Ian alluded to, your large caps on the other hand are near all-time chart highs again today. And that is further indicated on the intermediate on the in, intermediate time horizon with our BPSPX reading. So bullish percent S&P 500, what are the percentage of stocks in the universe trading on point figure buy signals? That is near 70%. So that's moving in a different direction than our New York Stock Exchange bullish percent and our S&P 600 bullish percent. We've seen the BPSPX reading be somewhat stable, to be honest with you, since the middle of 2020. We have seen some, some fluctuations back and forth, but by and large, we've seen this remain higher than the New York Stock Exchange and the S&P 600 bullish percent. Speaking to that intermediate term follow through for the large caps or in favor of the large caps as well here. A uh, different way to look at the intermediate time horizon, apart from some of the bullish percents, is on our asset class group scores page. We talk about this a fair amount on podcasts and in our reports, but measuring just the overall health of markets by respective ETFs and mutual funds. And if breaking that out by size and style, our large cap growth and mid cap growth groups are still the only areas with positive group score directions, speaking to that near term improvement or that intermediate term. Improvement as well. Whereas on the downside, still some of your negative trending or lower participation names from this intermediate time horizon are going to be your micro caps, small, small value, small blend, things of that sort. And so by and large, the intermediates are, are kind of confirming what you saw on the longer term with respect to the positive trend readings. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of that that consistent theme, right? We're seeing markets hitting highs. We're seeing a little bit of a decline in participation, which isn't necessarily all that surprising given the massive participation increase we saw for much of the past year. Um, but we're seeing a little bit of a decline in participation, and a lot of but a lot of that's been focused on the small cap space. But saw such a huge uptick in participation, kind of from November up until March of this year. Seeing some of that back off a little bit here now. Um, but if we take a look at some of the near-term focused participation indicators. Um, we can dive a little bit deeper into kind of understanding maybe some of the movement over the past couple of weeks with the most recent stretch of all-time highs. Um, we, one indicator that we can look toward for those particular readings is the, the 10-week indicators, which um, simply measures the percentage of names, the percentage of a basket of stocks that are trading above their 10-week or 50-day moving averages. So very kind of near-term focus, tend to see those charts move around much more frequently. Um, and in looking at the 10-week for the NYSE, so percentage of the roughly 2,000 names, and the New York Stock Exchange above that 10-week moving average, um, that that indicator continued to show lower readings as the market was continuing to hit highs um, throughout kind of some of these summer months here, and ultimately fell to a, a new 52-week low um, at a chart level of 22% in July. Um, then we entered into kind of the late July, early August timeframe. Markets began to uptick a little bit more, hit, hit, entering that multiple consecutive days of, of new all-time closing highs. And we saw an uptick in participation, bringing us to a chart level of 50% there in August. Last week, a little bit of a decline, fell in that, falling down to a current chart reading at 34%, still higher than we were in July, not quite as high as we were there last week. Again, indicator moves very quickly. Um, interestingly enough, if we look at the large cap and the small cap 10-week indicator, so 
the 10-week for the S&P 500, um, that particular indicator rem has remained at relatively high field position on its chart. It, it never fell at any point this year down beneath that 30% threshold, um, which was kind of the lows that we got down beneath there back in the um, the October and November timeframes last year. Um, it's upticked a little bit, rose ultimately to a chart level of, of 68%. Earlier this month, declined currently there in a column of those at a chart level of 56, but has remained very, very high. So it's kind of showing that near-term participation still north of 50%, more than half the stocks in the S&P 500 are trading above their 50-day moving averages. Um, and with the small cap focus list, um, those charts, if you remember prior, look pretty similar when looking at the the 10 week for the, the S&P 600 small cap index. We take a look at the other S&P 600 and, um, indicators that we looked at earlier, they look pretty similar to those from the BPNYSE, just a little more extreme moves there from the small cap space. Um, but we've seen that the 10-week for the, the small cap 600 actually did reverse back up into a column of Xs with market movement on Friday from a chart level of 30% up to a chart level of 36%. So while the actual readings of those aren't all that necessarily important. Again, this indicator moves around a lot. Um, the the ten week for the small cap names really was kind of largely declining, showing it showing a drastic down downtick in its reading from March of this year, really until that July timeframe when the other indicators bottomed out. Um, but we've since seen a couple stretches here of, of higher lows for that near-term focus 10-week for SML, um, which is the first time we've seen consecutive higher lows for the, the small cap 600 10-week chart um, since March of this year. So reversing back up into the convex is this, this showing a little bit of kind of net new demand coming back into the picture there for that small cap space, more names remaining above their their 50-day moving averages remaining in slightly higher participation levels um, as we head, he, head through the end of the year here, Will. Yeah, Dan, I think that near-term focus is also important to note here. Some other things in the near-term and for the week ahead as we as we wrap out today. The 10-year yield has ticked higher. That has been a near-term tailwind for maybe some of those smaller cap names we've seen, at least relative to, to the large growth camp, which in the equity space has been a bit of a safe heavy this year. You've seen some flocking to the large cap growth names when you get an uptick in market volatility. But lately, rates have picked up, putting in seemingly uh, firm bottom at around 1.15%. In conjunction with that, like I said, it's been a bit of a tailwind for some of those small cap areas. And last week, I would iterate again that because the volatility we saw, you saw your VIX reading bounce from nearly multi-year lows, which was around that 14.5 level. You approached that and you saw a bounce up in market volatility. Now VIX is still at about 17. And Ian, we were talking about this before with a VIX level of 17. That's still your average about annual highest reading since your 2011-2012 timeframe. 2020, your average VIX was around 29. So by no means are we at a low level for volatility in the market. You haven't seen a huge correction or you haven't seen a pullback, which has been astounding given the handoff from large to small growth to value back to growth. You seem to be getting an uptick in participation from areas and playing catch up when something else starts to fall out of bed. So really miraculous there that we haven't seen a, a bigger downturn in the market. Seamless 
handoffs back and forth between sectors, between size and sire groups, even as rates have rebounded, sharply sold off, and apparently now to firm up again, by and large, everything holding together well from that long intermediate term. And even from the near term, we're seeing some uptick in participation, which is probably going to be healthy should that sustain and, and follow through. And then finally, just a few economic tidbits, things to keep in mind of this week that the market may be a bit sensitive to. You'll have your initial jobless claims coming out. you got GDP results as well, Jackson Hole Symposium. Then you have your Powell speech addressing some of their latest inflation concerns and thoughts about tapering going forward. So just keep an eye on that. By and large, things look positive. Long, intermediate, near-term uptick from small caps could be a tailwind as well. Those things said, you know, thanks for having me on. We appreciate your attention. And per usual, if we can be of any assistance, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you.